0: On today's lockdown, Mavs, more conspiracy? No, we got questions—questions questions that need answers—and official announcements. The Mavericks
1: officially have a new general manager and a new head coach.
0: We called it. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. The Mavericks are NBA champions! Bang! Bang! It's good, and the Mavericks have won the
1: game.
2: Thank you, if you don't believe, you shouldn't be here.
0: Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Presser P, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Okay, we sent out a question two days ago from our Locked On Mavs Twitter account. And all I, the way I worded it, I said, hey, if you got invited to lunch with Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, Cuban... Uh, Finn, I put Dirk in that question too. I was like, what would be the one question that you would you would ask of them? And got a bunch of responses. We talked about some of them yesterday. And <laughs> we're going to go through a few more of those questions later on this pod. But the irony of all ironies today, somebody snapped a picture of <laughs> somebody <laughs> snapped a picture of him at lunch. <coughs> they're ready they're waiting for your questions now Dirk is not maybe Dirk took the picture um but
0: uh it was like 80 feet away if he did the picture is all it's very blurry it's from real far away it looks like a close-up picture from my cell phone when I was 16 is what it it looks like (laughs) obviously it's Mark Cuban with the glue shirt on there if you're watching on YouTube you can see the picture we're sharing it by the way if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel 22 22 subs away from 5,000. So, go subscribe to us. We're getting there. Getting to 5,000. Jason Kidd to the right there, who I almost thought was Rick Carlisle at first. Why is Rick and Mark having lunch? Uh, Michael Finley there on the left. And then Nico Harrison in like that yellow. Maybe it's a white shirt with the, maybe it's a shadow. But that yellow looking shirt sitting there. So, that's the brain trust right now, it seems like. Uh, And we did get confirmation that Keith Grant, longtime GM of the Mavericks, is staying. uh, Mark Cuban confirmed that to Brad Townsend, so he's not part of that, that lunch, but he will still be part of the front office. But yeah, that, this lunch, it was ironic that we asked that question and boom, here they are. So today we're going to get into some more of those questions. We have a bunch of them. We're going to see what the Mavericks actually think about some of these questions that you guys have asked us. Uh, But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Like Isaac said, there will be official presser. uh, The press release actually came out on Monday. Like we said, there's going to be official press conference on July 15th, two weeks from now. That's a, yeah. that's a while, but Mavs PR told us that a time and location will be named later, so that makes us think that it might be in person, so we could get some good clips from that. We should get some video. We should get some audio. We'll get some audio for sure. We should be there, which is actually exciting. It's very exciting for me personally. So. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to get back there and to uh, ask some questions and see what's going on with them. Sint Marshall is going to be at the press conference, which is a huge, very important thing, especially for the Jason Kid hire, which we've talked about a lot, talked about a lot on our Friday podcast. If you want to go watch or listen to that,
1: yeah, that's why I was going to mention uh, that. You know, we talked uh, some about St. Marshall um, yesterday and the fact that she's going to be at this uh, this presser with Cuban, uh, Nico, and Jason. You know, with that being two weeks from now, um, you know, will Dirk be back from vacation then? I don't know if he's back already, but who who all, who else will be a part of that? If they make a big deal, will new players be a part? Um, you know what what will happen with that? That'll be a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, they could. That'll be a couple of weeks before. Uh, like, they- does Damian
0: Lillard do his press conference the same day or? <laughs> no, not the same. <laughs> Unplug it. <laughs> Unplug
1: the soundboard. <laughs> But no with with the uh, with the announcements you know that it became official on Monday like you said uh, so we got the uh the PR emails uh, the the statements from Mark Cuban and I wanted to say this one about Nico Harrison that uh, Cuban said which Nico's the GM just to, for anybody out there it's like really freaking out about titles um I would say and the majority I don't of think us Mavs fans care about okay I would say majority of us uh, couldn't even like decipher between you know what what title or what role did what um but anyway he's the gm if you care about that stuff but cuban said we're very excited to bring nico harrison to dallas have him join our organization nico brings a wealth of basketball knowledge along with both executive and leadership skills he has proven to have a unique eye for talent on and off the court because that was part of nico's job with nike is finding this talent at a young age but then the last sentence of that Cuban says about Harrison, I'm looking forward to watching Nico lead the Mavs to new heights. And I know some of you will probably read that and be like, Hey, don't care. Mark's always going to call the shots and you're super skeptical. You could also read that and be like, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> you could also read that and be like, okay, cool. Like he's at least acknowledging Nico is in, like, let let's lead. Like it shows that he's telling Nico, like lead us. Do this thing. We're empowering you to be our general manager, and he's looking forward to see where Nico leads them uh, to new heights. So I don't know. I just thought that um, stood out. How much you fully 100% believe that? That's up to you, but uh, I believe it some.
0: Yeah, I find it. Something really interesting, uh, you, you sent me this, this article from Howard Beck from, you know, an SI about, you know, Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison, specifically mentioning the diversity hire that the Mavericks made in, in Nico and in Jason Kidd as well, which I think is, is notable, and we haven't mentioned it yet, but I thought that that was great. They didn't just hire two more white guys to come fill Donnie and, and Rick's spot, which I think is interesting. But maybe one of the reasons why is they wanted to be, uh, and they wanted to... Uh, No, so one of the things I found interesting in this article was that um, the Mavericks have been trying and failing to recruit superstar players in the last decade, variously whiffing on LeBron, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, Darren Williams, among others. Takes more than a persuasive sales pitch or a persuasive personality to land a star, but Harrison improves their chances. This is from a longtime team executive, quote... It just gets Cuban in the conversation. He couldn't get in the conversation anymore. They didn't have a guy that could connect with any of those players. And Nico can tell Mark what he needs to do to get those guys. That's, I think, what Mm. Mark Cuban means by lead them, like Nico to lead them into that direction. Because Rick wasn't very, like, he, he wasn't able to connect with players. That's pretty obvious at this point. Donnie Nelson was probably past his prime as far as connecting with players. But Nico Harrison is right there. Jason Kidd is right there as far as connecting with players. And we've talked a lot about the reason why they brought those guys in is to bring in free agents and to get star players. And this is a way to get in the door. The The, the sentence, though, right there is he couldn't get in the conversation anymore. So that means even Mark Cuban couldn't get in the conversation and connect with players. This is from a longtime executive from from somewhere else. So. Uh, I think that was, was interesting that that's the perception or that that's uh, what's going on with the Mavericks right now.
1: Yeah, I thought that uh, quote was um, enlightening from Howard in there of you know getting that quote from that long-term uh, or long-time exec. But it, it just shows you what the Mavericks' plan was in hiring Nico Harrison and hiring Jason Kidd. Is they wanted to be more player-friendly. They wanted to you know have those connections across the league. And even going into the Jason Kidd hire, you Know they that was official today. They had both their statements Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban. He's the 10th head coach in franchise history. Jason talking about being back with the organization. Man, is that it? All, Man. all I know it's crazy. All of that stuff. And then Cuban was on this, was on the podcast, the Victory Podcast, um, a few days ago. And he kind of referenced the same thing with Jason Kidd about him being a players' coach. Them should be.
2: A great
1: combination. And that's, that's the exciting. whole
2: point, right? Because Jay's uh has been a, a player's coach and he's a point guard, right? right? And you want somebody who can, you know, tell Luca where things are going to happen, you know, where we didn't have that person. Yeah. And also too, like being uh, being a head coach mm. for a team, is it at a certain point you just need to change the scenery? You know, every certain that's what that's what people say. Right. At some point, that voice kind of runs silent and and guys falls on deaf ears. Yeah. But, you know, I like what what Steve Nash has done in Brooklyn. And we kind of emulated that with this hire where, you know, they got D'Antoni and I'm not saying we're going to hire, you know, a D'Antoni type or whatever. That'll be up to Jay Kidd. But at the same time, you know, you got Nash hugging Durant after that game. Right. And and you've got that, you know, Nash is just a, a relationship person. And it used to be, and I used to feel strongly this way, that having an in-games X and O expert gave you the ultimate advantage. But now I think having a relationship person, right? Somebody who can connect to the players because that's what gets them to go a little bit harder, right? and. That's what, you know, when, when the chips are down and every team has a bad run one way or the other, you want somebody that just is a relationship person. And it's not that Rick isn't good at that. He was, but it's just harder to relate to a 22 year old. Right, right.
0: Interesting, 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 interesting. So coming up, let's get into some more about this, about connecting with players and all that. But we have to name our Michelob Ultra player of the week. Is it Damien Lillard and why is it not? Luca played for the Slovenian national team. He's the only player actually playing. Boban, I guess, could be considered with the Serbian team, uh, a player of the week. But is anybody else sticking out to you as far as players for the Mavs or anyone else? Um,
1: No, no. There's nobody else playing. I mean, if we want to do the old Mav, former Mav route of former Mavs in, in the playoffs. But, yeah, Luca. I mean, let's just go ahead and just give it to – Nico Harrison, like, I mean, we had two big hires this week, so
0: I can go to one of those guys. Nico Harrison, your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, I guess, for coming in and bringing in players. He's the player getter of the week instead of just a player of the week or giving a player getter. He played Nico seven Harrison.
1: years in like Belgium or something. Oh,
0: that's right? true. He played professionally. He played at Montana State Division One. So, yeah, he's a player for sure. For yeah. sure. We'll name him. It doesn't have to be a player that played this week. He, he played at some point. So Nico Harrison, the ultra player of the week, he's going to hopefully bring Mavs fans joy, bring him happiness when he brings in free agents, when he gets the right trades, when he gets the right draft picks, because he knows all the guys that are coming out in college. Michelob ultra. It's only worth it. If you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, joy, creates success. Enjoyment is the end game. It's the whole game. So, check out Michelob Ultra and we'll be talking more about Nico Harrison, connection players, all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. So, we just heard from Mark Cuban for the Victory podcast. Interesting. Interesting distinction between the new coach and the old coach, I thought. Interesting. Mark Cuban said, you know, Luke Jason Kidd should be good for Luka. I think that we can kind of see how they're starting to uh pitch this to Mavs fans.
1: Yeah, well, I think Cuban just vocalizing their their plan and vocalizing exactly why it's stuff we've speculated on. It's stuff fans have speculated on that. The connection that Nico has with players around the league, the connection that Jason Kidd has with players around the league, that this is the route they want to go. And when he said that comment of, Hey, like we're valuing that over like the X's and O's right now, because they're losing that with Rick Carlisle, because he's one of the best in the game with X and O's little, little shot at Jason Kidd, maybe (laughs) a little bit, but Rick Carlisle's like, one of the best in the business with X's hey, and. Hey, guess O's. what?
0: Our new coach is an obvious downgrade in X's and O's, right? Like it's kind of like, yes, it is. It is more of a like Rick Carlisle is one of the top five probably coaches as far as in-game adjustments, X's and O's. He's always gets voted top five in those GM surveys before the season, and so it's kind of hard to be like, okay, yeah, our, our GM is our new our new coach is just as good at X's and O's. The last one who's like legendary at it, but it's kind of hard to not take a shot at the coach in the same way, in the same breath.
1: <laughs> yes. But, but to like just vocalize and then him to say that line that, you know, yeah, sometimes it, you know, a coach falls on deaf ears, like what he's saying. And it's like, okay, like this is the stuff that we've been hearing a little bit, but uh, just once again, for him to verbalize that and to say that out loud. And this is the route. This was the main thing with these hires was their more appealing with relationships and connections to people and players across the league. So, I think this goes into actually one of our first questions that we want to keep on going on. That we hit some questions yesterday that people submitted to that Twitter uh, question that we put out there about having lunch uh, with the brain trust. What you would ask. There are different questions about the assistant coaching uh, or, yeah, the coaching staff around Jason Kidd. I would assume that that's going to get announced fairly quick over the next week or so. Um, sometimes they want to, you know, teams want to see, um, you got the, you got the picture. There you go. <laughs> Sometimes teams want to, you know, if they're going to pull some assistance from some teams left in the playoffs still, uh, you don't know how that's going to uh, shake out, but I would assume kid will announce his coaching staff uh, sometime over the next week or so who's going to be on that is, or is kind of, you know, it's in speculation right now. So we had some questions about it. So <laughs> I, I had to throw this one in there because it made me chuckle. Uh, somebody asked asked on Twitter said can we bring in Jamal Mashburn and Jim Jackson as assistant coaches
0: <laughs> I think maybe one probably not the other I'm trying to guess <laughs> um, incredible just three,
1: bring uh, the three J's <laughs> back to Dallas uh, for nostalgia and uh, get Jim Jackson on the broadcast I don't know I, what Mashburn's doing right now what is Mash doing and we need to somebody will tweet somebody tweet at us and tell us what Mash is doing I honestly have no clue. UK Wildcat, but one of the the things that we've been saying for a long time, JJ berea being on this coaching staff, Jason Terry. It was rumored that he's been, you know, uh, it's, I think it's actually been reported on that he's been in Jamal talking. Mashburn
0: Jr. plays for Albuquerque wow. for for uh, I think it's Rick patino's team right now, right? Interesting. I don't know. Um, but
1: who's going to be on the coaching staff with Jason Kidd, JJ Baria? Uh, will Jason Terry be on that? I don't know. He's been assistant Arizona. He's had some uh, ties to the, you know, Texas legends and stuff. Do you have any other guest? I have a guest. I'm going to throw out a guest to this coaching staff and let's Ooh. see how many of them could be. And I'm going to cheat on this because I think they will go, even though he's Mark Cuban said in that, that clip, he compared it to Steve Nash in hiring a Jason Kidd. And he's like, but look, you know, Steve Nash had a Mike D'Antoni. Will, Who's going to be the lead assistant to Jason Kidd? And I think we I think we will see somebody that is experienced. And we've been saying Terry Stotts. I think Terry I mean heck, if we're just going to do the 2011 thing again. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's <laughs> go bring, all out. Bring Stotts in. If it's not Stotts, two other names that I could look at that I could see in that spot with Jason Kidd. One of them is Lionel Hollins, who has been an assistant, who's been a head coach, but has been an assistant with the Lakers. Interesting. If he brings him from the Lakers. I could also see Steve Clifford. And I don't know what his connection is with Jason Kidd, but this is another guy that has head coaching experience that would bring a little, a veteran coaching experience to the coaching staff. So I can see that I could see now I actually got this one from, uh, from Jeff skin Wade who said the old school, all the uh, assistant coach for the Mavericks, Tim, I can't even say his last name, right? Grug- Grugrich. He's, he used to be an assistant coach with with the Mavs back in the day. I think we could see him on the coaching staff along with JJ Berea, along with Sham God. It, then it's just a question of like who comes back. We'd love to see Mike Shed back, Ginny, yeah. Da. Yeah.
0: How many of the you know existing assistants will be back? Um, I think any. I think Da yeah. and I think Sham God are locks. This is, this is not sourced. <laughs> this is just a guess that I think those guys are locks. Like, I, I think, those, yeah, I I think those guys get excited about, oh, dang, it's not Rick Carlisle anymore, right? Like, I think specifically for those guys, it makes their job more fun and, and better. But one name that is was on Jason Kidd's coaching staff in uh in Minnesota or in uh, Milwaukee, who is probably looking for a job right now, Greg Foster.
1: <laughs> Whoa, got into it with uh, Goga? Yeah, Goga Patazzi. And Pronti, you know, I know a lot of people have brought up Pronti's
0: name um, you know, he was one of his, I think it was this head. He was on the head. coaching staff with, with, with kid in, in Minnesota in Milwaukee. I keep wanting to say Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Same. To me. So
1: we'll see. And there Prunty, could be
0: some, Prunty was on kid staff in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee, which is and Eric so, Hughes was on there as well. Yeah. Uh, we could, yeah.
1: we could see them. Um So, yeah, I think that's something I think hardcore Mavs fans will really dive into assistant coaches, but it's also a thing for us that, you know, that's the hard part of talking about change because we start building relationships and it's the assistant coaches that some of us have gotten the chance to spend, you know, time with before games, after games, in between games and getting to know them and seeing their families and stuff. And that's why it is hard to talk about this stuff sometimes whenever relationships are there. And it's like, dang, I hate to see some of these people go and seeing their families. And it's like, man, they have to uproot and all of this. So yeah, there are, it is hard to talk about sometimes, but, Um, you time for another question? Give me another question. Another question. What lacking areas would Damian Lillard or DeMar DeRozan help out? This is a good
0: good question. We got a couple of people asking, "Why would we even want Damian Lillard? Why would why are we going after these guys? We need defense. The truth is, yes, the Mavericks do need defense for sure. But I think if this season of the NBA is going to become the norm, you can just get away with all offense almost, right? Like you can just get like the Brooklyn Nets. If they've proven anything, if they were healthy, I think they would have just sliced through that. Bucks team that's supposed to be this juggernaut defensive, two potential defensive player of the year candidates with Giannis, obviously, Brooke Lopez. They brought in PJ Tucker. They had Drew Holly. Like they were going to slice through those guys, right? And so I think if you can go offense, if you can have two like like, all NBA level offensive players, then you do it. Uh, Lillard on a different level than DeRozan, obviously, like a completely different level. If you can get Lillard and Luka together, no matter how you can do it, you do it. And I think that you you figure out some of the flaws later, but you can just outscore and you're going to outclutch everybody with with that lineup. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I think Atlanta's even more of an example of the Brooklyn thing, because, you know, the Brooklyn thing, you know, it's kind of like an outlier because you have all of these all-stars, you have these like star players, like top, top players. And, you know, Kyrie KD and James Harden, even in that KD is a a really, really good defender. You look at what's happening in Atlanta. I mean, they're playing like, Game seven, second round with Lou Williams and Trey Young on the floor. It's like together and they're winning a series. I mean, it's like Gallinari is not the best defender in the world either. Bogdanovich is not the best defender in the world either. Trey Young's not the best defender in the world. Like, and they're like, they're in the conference finals right now. So yeah. <laughs> I think that does show you something that it, it doesn't even have to be all world, you know, big three on your team to show you that like man offense kind of trumps defense right now. So what can I know the DeRozan thing. I think we'll have a longer pod on DeRozan once we do. We'll do free agent pods. We've did that for the past 4 years. So this will be our 5th year doing free agent pods. We'll do a full DeMar DeRozan fit in Dallas breakdown on it. But yep. what would DeRozan bring outside of Lillard? What would DeRozan bring to this team that they're lacking? Another creator, another yep. guy who can say, "Go get me a bucket." Whenever Luca's on the floor or whenever he's off the floor, they can say, "Hey, mid range, like just go do your thing because he can get buckets. He's been doing it against Dallas. He does it against everyone. The only thing with the Derozan thing is you start question end of the game, fourth quarter, clutch moments, balls in Luca's hands, not Derozan's. Where is where's Derozan on the floor? You're figuring all
0: that stuff out. But heck, at this point, we gotta get some talent. Yeah, I have to get some talent, have to get a guy that can get a bucket. Also Drosen's become a real creator. He became a real creator for the Spurs. That's not something he had in his game necessarily in in Toronto. And so that's another level of offense he brings. And he spaces the floor in a different way, right? He doesn't space it all the way out to the three-point line, but like you have to you have to respect him from mid-range. And so it's just maybe a foot or two feet in from the three-point line. There's something about that three-point line. He just doesn't shoot from there. But there is some. There is a spatial element to him. But coming up, let's get into some more questions, lots of questions about KP, who's calling the shots, the coaching staff, all that kind of stuff. We'll get into it coming up. But let's talk about betonline.ag. It's the place to put down some money on sports. Go there right now. You can get a 50% welcome bonus if you put in the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get all kinds of um, odds, Specials right now they have trade props still for Joel and B. They have some draft stuff. First round, first overall pick. Cade Cunningham minus two, uh, minus twenty five hundred. So two thousand five hundred. Evan Mobley thousand. Jalen Suggs plus twelve hundred. Jalen Green plus twelve hundred. So Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green have the same odds to get the, to be the number one pick. That's interesting to me because I feel like those guys are in different different classes. But either way, it's. Probably it's probably gonna be uh Cade Cunningham WNBA championship winner. The Storm and the Aces, number one and number two. They just played recently, went down a barn burner overtime game. Uh, the Storm plus 210, Aces plus 250. Go check it out, betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, want to tell you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is bringing you your parts to your car or truck, right to your house. You don't have to go to a store. You don't have to go try and find it, sort through all the different things, try and see if the right part is on the right rack or try and see if they have the part and then they have to go to the back and find it and then they have to order it for you anyway. You might as well just order it at rockauto.com. Why would you want to spend 30, 50, 100% more time for the same parts or the same, like 30, 50, 100% more Money for the same parts that you could get at a chainsaw or a car dealership that you could just get at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box. they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, the question is, if you could ask Mark Cuban, Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Michael Finley, the whole group, if you could ask him any question, what would it be? Give me another one.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one was asked a lot in different iterations, but who's calling the shots? Mm. Who, who's, who's, What does that question
0: mean? Like? Because I think we, we hear this a lot now because it sounds like Cuban is the one calling the shots. But what does that mean? Is he the one making the the pitch for a player or a trade or something? Or is he the one at the end of the line after the pitch has been made, after the whole thing has been figured out is he the one saying yes or no is that calling the shots or is it calling the shots when you make the plan and you're pitching the plan too so because like is cuban sitting down on the trade machine and then just like hey guys this is what we're going to do and no one else can say anything or is he just at the end of the line saying yes no game of thrones style yeah well i I think
1: different people listening to this will have their different you know definitions of that i think even if he is the last one which most owners are the last ones to say yes or no on every the, owner. The does. Trades every and does. All that, that is not new. Yeah. So if that's the case, if you think that is still the the person in charge, then okay. Then there's that. I think we can all agree that Cuban is, is more hands-on than a lot of the owners out there. And, you know, is he having conversations with other, other owners in the league? Would it shock you if him and Ballmer's like talking players and stuff on, on a phone call one day? Like it wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. Is you know, we know in the past because this has been publicly reported about how he's been involved on draft night and, you know, all of that. Yeah. it's like, so I think that's, I think we have to accept that Cuban is going to call the shots, at, especially at this stage of where he's at in life and with the team and everything. He enjoys it. That's what he does. There's really no way around that. How much power, how much he empowers the other guys. That's what we just don't know yet. We trust honestly, yeah, how much much trust the other guys, how much you trust them. What is the first situation? It probably won't come out. What is the first situation that Nico goes to him and says, Hey, I want to trade for this player. I want to sign this player for this amount of money. And Mark's really not on board with it, but he looks at him and says, you got it. Like do your thing.
0: Now, and the only because, ones we ever heard in that sense with the Donnie Nelson regime were like Giannis, right? Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. Where you hear about it, where it's Donny had you know this incredible idea to bring in Giannis, and Cuban said no. Those are the only ones we really hear. We don't hear the other ones where Cuban may have said no for somebody else, Hassan Whiteside, Mike Con- Like Who knows who he said no to eventually, and then and it ended up being uh, and a he bad, said yes to Luca
1: because yep. Donny and because it happened. <laughs> yes, they were on Luca so so early. I remember one of the first conversations I had with somebody in that front office at the time. I mean, it was like not, it was so far before and hearing about Luka Doncic and like how great he was going to be. It's like going into that draft. I knew how high they were on him. it's like Donnie had been like watching him for so long and they were on him for so long and such early early on in that. So he did listen to him at that. I'm saying, all right we need we need to trade up. we need to give up that first round pick the next year. We have to go get this guy because he's that good, so there are examples like that where you know Cuban says, "Hey, do your thing like I trust you with that go do it but we also hear about the Jana stories, and there's other stories in that too so it's a complicated question, especially with Dallas because the owner is involved, Cuban's involved, but there's also all these other you know people in the front what's Michael finley like how what is he making decisions on? What all of this stuff. So how much power will Jason Kidd have on this roster? Like how much will he be working with Nico and, and Finn and Mark and these guys and Dirk of saying, Hey, I want this. I think I need this. We need to go get this guy. I know this guy. I have this relationship with this player.
0: And it's like, we just don't know that yet. Jason Kidd tried to become that become either have some role in the front office in Brooklyn. It didn't work out. And he decided to go to Milwaukee and do that. So that's something that he has wanted in the past. Now has his, year off from you know a year or two off from head from head coaching like his three years off from head coaching maybe that has he's changed his mind in that and watched guys like stan van gundy fail and watched guys like you know what was it doc rivers fail and people like that uh so maybe he learned something from that but yeah that's a it's an interesting question give me a kp question somebody asked
1: yeah kp question a lot of kp questions that came in but this one said are you going to trade kp for cap space and go all in for free agency Ooh. we when we briefly talked about KP trades back a few weeks ago saying, or whenever they were put out, say, man, if Dallas goes that route, what are the routes that they can go? And, you know, I think as time goes on, especially you look at guys like Ben Simmons, some of these players at their trade value, it's like, Hey, just let, let it set for a bit. (laughs) Like there's no reason for Philly to trade Ben Simmons right now, let it get into the summer. And then slowly you start trying people start trying to talk themselves into players and the image and the you know value of players will slowly start to, okay, well I can see that. Oh, they're this old man. Basketball reference they're 25. Really? I didn't know they were that young. It's like you start instead of the recent memory of just somebody just standing in the middle of the corner, or they can't have a free throw, whatever it is. So one of the things we talked about with KP front is there's teams like San Antonio who's setting on like 50 some million dollars in cap space. If Dallas looked at it and said, Hey, we would rather just reshape the whole direction of our team around Luca. We would rather go to San Antonio and say, Hey, give me a young player. Give me a couple draft picks and we'll trade KP into the cap space. And then we'll open up even more cap space to go out and get a couple of guys and then really reshape the roster. I think that's the only route I think the only way they do that is if they have somebody in the bag. Like that that's the yeah. only that's the only way I could like if Kawhi's sitting there saying, "I'm going to come to Dallas. I'm I'm good. I'm ready to go, but I also would like somebody else to be there too." Then I could see him doing that. I think that would be the first like red flag to pop up if it's like Dallas trades Porzingis to Spurs and
0: gets like a first or something like that and you're like, "Oh, okay, something big is coming." Let's also remember, like KP wasn't useless last year. Like, let's not think of the just yeah. seven games against the Clippers as all the only way we think about Kristaps Porzingis. Right? He was still a twenty-point per game score in the NBA. It's it's more common now that guys score twenty points in the NBA, but it's still a hard thing to do. Right? Like, you see, is there is there fifty players? You see in the how NBA many points
1: campaign put up the hood?
0: <laughs> is there fifty players in the NBA that put up like twenty game? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, it's it's hard to do like it's hard to score 20 points in a game so uh, he does that his spacing is invaluable the what he brings on that end of the floor a healthy offseason new coach all that stuff maybe an off season for Luca and KP to cool off uh, maybe that's good for him so I think I still think they take it into the season and they wait until the trade trade deadline but uh, we'll see yeah if, like Isaac said if they do make a move like that that's a big big red flag yeah. Well, it, red
1: flag in a sense of like what's on the horizon, like what right. there, there has to be something else coming up. If you know that it is, you know, Kyle Lowry sitting there saying, all right, I'm ready to come, but there's somebody like you can get a package deal, a couple guys that's going to come and you think that's going to shape your team more, or there's like a 95% chance that they're going to come or maybe 95, 95% or 95 calories because today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs Ooh. Coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season.
0: Got it in under the wire.
1: Under the wire. That's the only way I think they do the KP thing for cash space. I don't don't think they go that route um, unless they just drastically want to change the team. And like in the similar vein, somebody asked how do we make it work with KP? They could go so many routes with KP over the next two months that honestly, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Like if they go into training camp, like you said, and the whole message is like new regime, new head coach, first healthy offseason in a long time. Let's give, you know, Jason kid, Nico Harrison, you know, all these guys a, a chance to make it work with KP and Luca. It's, you know, another start that if that happens, I get, it. I wouldn't be shocked. If they trade KP on draft night or they trade KP in the first week of free agency I wouldn't be shocked either like i not everything's on I'm just trying to say everything's on the table for me right now of like I don't really have an expectation of what will happen with Porzingis mainly because we don't know what the direction like these it's a whole new regime in Dallas now as far as new new guys and Cubans obviously still there but we don't know the direction
0: they want to take the team around Luka there you go. Chris Paul's by the way, 43rd in the NBA in scoring and that's how many players scored 20 points a game last year. 43. There's not many guys that get, I mean that's that's not even two per team, right? <laughs> that can score 20 points a game. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Le- thank you so much for listening to this show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not. If you're watching on WFAA or if you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe. We're so close to 50,000. Follow us on Twitter at NickVanExit, at Isaac L. Harris at Maps, Guys, thanks so much for listening to Maps. Peace out. Boom.
1: No. Ask me about my wiener.
2: <laughs> the- Ask me about my wiener.